Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Logbook, specifically episode 18 of The Logbook. I'm one of your hosts, John Patty, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, James Robinson. James, did I ask you this week, when it comes to reading, and you're considering all the contexts that you would read in, possibly, are you a paperback or hardcover guy? Uh, hardcover, probably. Just, uh, okay. just feels a lot nicer. I mean... I guess the other context to consider there is you're paying a lot more, but then again, I don't really buy that many books. So hardcover is usually what I'd go with. Just, uh, just nicer, you know? Yeah, no, I, I'm the same way too. But then I think when I, back when I used to have a, a job that would require a commute, um, obviously paperbacks, the way to go. And now that I think about it, actually, even though I don't do that anymore, and I'm somebody who like would be mortified at bending or breaking or damaging a book. I would also be kind of mortified if I saw someone just on the TTC bus, like pull out a hardcover. It's like, what are you doing with that, man? Like, well, I feel like the trick there is if you're going to take it in public, you got to drop the sleeve somewhere else. Like you leave the sleeve at home. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Like, I, yeah, even even with taking the sleeve off, though, I feel like maybe... It's just, just go paperback, man. There's an advantage there. It, if you damage paperback, it feels less bad. It still feels horrible to me. For whatever reason, I get mortified with books damaging, but. Uh, so Christina has a, a large book collection, as you know. She's you mean a, she's your an old girlfriend of the show? Girlfriend Christina? of the show, Christina, too. She has a large book collection. She's obsessed with books. Uh, she usually doesn't lend them out, but obviously I get special privileges, which. Mm probably should have been revoked because I think the first time she lent me a book, I had had my fan on in the summer and I was had my book in hand and I went to stretch and I put it up too close and I dented the book, the hardcover. Oh, rough, Uh, man. How did she not break up with you? That was before we started dating. I think (laughs) she still dated me. That so that might be the most impressive fact about a, your relationship. She's right pretty there. into me. I think it's safe to say. I, I would have to fucking say so after that. <laughs> the, the, the fact I, I, I was like, okay, haha, jokes aside, like book lover that could have break it up, but like, oh, you were together. But you telling me no, you weren't together already. Damn, and she still powered through. Man, that's wild. Yep. Okay. Uh, but either way, this is not a podcast about books and relationships, though. Uh, more on that maybe next week, kind of. Um, <laughs> this is The Logbook, a uh, pretty standard gaming podcast. Two friends getting together to talk about the latest news of the week in games, uh, as well as having more of a lengthier, sort of evergreen, timeless conversation about whatever's on our mind or whatever we want to talk about in the broader scope of video games. And then we like to end things off at the end of the episode talking about what we've been playing for the week. So, James, I will... Uh, kick it off with you this week uh or maybe in case i i don't know how much you know about this story maybe I you want me to handle it start it off yes K- kick off this uh morbid morbid docket of uh week uh, stories for the week yeah uh not uh not any really happy news this week um so first up we got google stadia shut down its main studio uh which meant that 150 developers lost their jobs uh, which is just terrible, obviously. Um, but the other shitty thing is that the guy in charge of this 
uh, gets to keep his job. And this guy, Phil Harrison, has been responsible for this fiasco. Uh, Google Stadia has been kind of a mess from the start. Uh, he was responsible. F- he was the head of the Xbox One launch, which did not go well. Uh, PS3 <laughs> launch, which also did not go well. And, uh, and now this. So how the fuck does this guy still have a job is the question that many, many people are being left with. Uh, and I don't know. I, I don't understand how. Yeah, I... I, this was a really baffling, unfortunately, as much as you don't want to, don't want to joke around about this stuff. One of the most frequent things I kept getting said was like, oh, you know, there goes Google canceling another project after like a year or less kind mm, of thing. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's different with like Google glass is not comparable to this huge entity of Google Stadia being canned in this way. Um, you know, based on like the scope of it all and how many people are losing their jobs. But like a, a lot of this dude, like it's been around for just over a year or at least uh, according to what I was able to see, like the internal development on a certain game or whatever they had going on there. Like it had just been over a year, man. Like, do they not understand even just at a very basic level, like you and I would understand how games get made? Like clearly not because yeah, you're right. Like they, I think you told me that they they like handpicked developers. They handpicked their talent, expecting like AAA games uh, for the Stadia exclusively for Stadia. But they only hired them a year ago, so yeah, you're right. Like, what the hell did they expect? You can't get a AAA quality game that fast. It's ridiculous that they expected that. Like, I just yeah. feel like companies like like Google and Amazon has had problems with game development as well. Like, those companies just don't get it. And I don't really think anyone wants them in that space. Like, they are big enough already. They don't need to jump into this space that so many other talented people are in already. And I don't know. I just feel like the risk is is pretty high with with joining one of those companies because they don't know what they're doing at all not to blame that i'm not trying to blame the developers at all obviously i'm just Mm -hmm. saying the companies like they just don't know what they're doing and they are kind of being irresponsible about this yeah i mean there's some there's some weird business practices that that happen in the games industry, you know, new consoles often get sold at a loss. The PlayStation 5 is currently being sold at a loss. There's a lot of odd strategies that you that that larger companies have to do to to get ahead and eventually recoup stuff and there's a lot just a lot of money and huge investments going on. And you figured that like when Stadia was first announced, a huge narrative going around was like, oh, you know, the goal is not to make money off of this. They want to be the leaders in cloud gaming tech. And, you know, reap the benefits that way and go by different metrics of success than just revenue and all this stuff. And it's like, if they just coasted on that and then like paired that with just being like the number, like the first major cloud distributor for third party content in the AAA space, you know, like I think you could have had a pretty winning product over time, you know, like 
like not a mega huge success or anything like that, but you know, like you have been like, Hey, I, I respect Google for doing that. But then it's like, no. Oh, from the get go, we had to promise unique original IPs and stuff like that. It's like, no, 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 no. That's what, that's not what cloud gaming is really going to be for man. Like that's, yeah. that's not, yeah. I don't know. Exactly. That, I, and, and that thing you said about like, you know, PlayStation five selling at a loss or just console selling at a loss. That's like basic business that you kind of expect yeah. to sell at a loss for the first year with anything really. I didn't take business, but I'm pretty sure that's a that's a pretty obvious expectation. So that you're going to be spending more more money than you make a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, or for a little bit. So I don't know. Like if they're shutting this down so quickly. It's like, yeah, like what did you expect? you were going to get out of this right now. Like it's not, it wasn't a, it didn't even have a chance to prove itself as a failure yet, basically before they're pretty much assuming that it was going to. Yeah. And, uh, one, like the last thing that really illustrates their ignorance to me in all this is again, to repeat that Phil Harrison has kept his job. Meanwhile, uh, along with the re- or you know, the rest of like that central internal creative force is going away and being laid off. Uh, Jade Raymond, who is the head of creative for that for Stadia and like creating original content, she stepped down. It was basically like fuck this. Like she's she's an incredible talent. Like she's she was the founder of Ubisoft Toronto and Motive Studios. Like has done so much like top notch work in the industry, and you handpick her to be the creative lead on a massive team of other handpicked top talent, and you say. Ah, make original content. They go, okay, hey, man, original content takes like, uh, I don't know, anywhere from three to six years. Oh, what's that? You haven't done it within a year. Bye bye. Oh, it's so stupid. It's ridiculous. Unbelievable. Just ridiculous. Anyways, uh, let's move on to maybe the next. uh, Well, okay, you know, this one isn't sad. This one's not sad. This, you know, I I lied. Not everything on this list of news is, is all doom and gloom. Uh, it's it's not Doom at all. It's Goldeneye. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, James Bond Goldeneye, which is something that's been uh, brought up uh, multiple times on this podcast and sometimes on the uh, del- uh, unsuccessfully recorded episodes, unfortunately. Uh, if you didn't hear already, uh, there is a Goldeneye remake in the works, if not fully made, but it never got released into the public for various licensing reasons. Uh, it was intended to come out on the Xbox 360. And throughout the years, little bits and pieces of this had actually been shown on the Internet. Like some people, I think, even streaming some gameplay of it before. But now the files to the entire game, this entire remake, are are out online in the uh, the uh, deep pools of piracy. Um, so. This was like Goldeneye originally developed by Rare. This remake was too, right? I believe so. Right. I believe so. Okay. Cool. Just checking. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I guess it's cool. Like, I, I don't know how to feel about this news. There's no immediate reaction that makes me go like, cool, but I'm not, is this inherently good or bad? Like, I don't know. I don't think know? it's either. I mean, it's good for people that have the capability of playing it, but both of us are on uh, on Max and don't have like, gaming pcs so we can't really experience it um but yeah like it's it's what 20 not 20 years like 13 years after the fact that this was maybe going to be released so 
I don't know. I don't think it's bad that it got released. Like clearly Rare's doing mm-hmm. fine right now. It's not like this is hurting them in any way. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, it's, this isn't something that hurts anybody. I don't think it's just a, just a fun thing for those that care about it. Uh, those that want to play it. Um, yeah. And like, from what I've heard, this is pretty much how everyone likes to remember what the N64 version looks like. Yeah. Uh, which is the nice thing about that kind of remake, I guess. Um, yeah, like I guess uh, another point of comparison would be like uh, the 3D Ocarina of Time on the 3DS is like it, that's how people wanted to remember the N64 version before the 3DS version came out. You know, mm-hmm. like remakes have that uh, that power, which is nice. So people can play it properly i i don't know if uh like does this remake is it just the single player or is there multiplayer in it too that got leaked i don't know i cannot answer that i'm not sure uh, well probably not because that would require like servers and stuff i guess like like, the map files or something for multiplayer but uh they wouldn't have the capability of actually doing that but Mm. i think there are a lot of mods online that let you play GoldenEye uh, multiplayer. So I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Um, this isn't something that anyone was like specifically hurting for, I don't think, because people who wanted to play GoldenEye now, I think, have the capability, but this is just another way for those fans to play it. Yeah. And it's cool in like an archival sense and maybe yeah. just a nice thing to uh, quickly revisit. I mean, I mean, it's not coming for years, but maybe it's a cool thing to experience uh, a couple years before. Uh, uh, that is my dog whining in the background. Apologies for that. He's excited that somebody has come home. Uh, canine friend of the uh, show, uh, <laughs> Ninu. Um, it, it, maybe it's a little cool thing people could revisit every now and then if they have the means to before IO Interactive's Bond game comes out, which will reveal a new, very new uh, flavor of Bond games. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's pretty cool news overall. Yeah. Um, let, this is more of what I was talking about with, uh, Ninu, come on, buddy. Uh, I know it's very sad. It's very sad news, Ninu. Um, as far as doom and gloom goes, uh, that's more so having to do with this next story. And that is unfortunately the founder and CEO of Zenimax Media and Bethesda, Robert A. Altman, uh, has suddenly passed away as of, uh, I believe yesterday or a couple of days ago. Um, there's not too much. I don't think that James and I have to say, I, I, I'll be honest. I don't really, I, I did not know of this man until, um, the news was announced, but I think one reason it's, it's important to, to mention it today is because it is such a noteworthy position of, uh, at a company that's made one of the most historical moves in the games industry in the, in the last year or so. And, um, there was a lot of, you know, ground that they were, they, they were, uh, they're breaking in that in that sense, I'm sure, with all that exciting new content that they're making come into Xbox and figure out what's happening next in that way. But also because Robert A. Altman was very, very beloved by his employees, uh, you know, in an industry where there's so much negativity with senior management and executives being greedy or, you know, disrespectful. I mean, we were just freaking talking about the Stadia story, for God's sake. Like, it's so refreshing to have seen these people come out and say, here's what Robert A. Altman did for all of us. Here's how he treated all of us. I mean, he was, uh, I saw one employee who works on Elder Scrolls Online at Zenimax 
And he was saying that even though he never, I think he met the guy personally once, but he was ahead of the curve on COVID. As soon as the news was announced about COVID before any mandated moves were made, he told everyone, which by the way, we're talking about Zenimax and Bethesda here. Hundreds, if not thousands of people working on multi, multi-million dollar budget thing. Like th- This is a tight ship he's running. He told everyone, go home, be safe. The money will recoup itself. Like we, we got to prioritize the safety first before, uh, you know, even without mandates and without being forced to go home. No, no, no. Let's just start going home, prioritize the safety. And from there on out in the in the uh, for the rest of the pandemic, he would send out weekly emails to the entire workforce, giving updates and checking in on people and encouraging people to stay safe and happy and all this stuff. And there's just a bunch of anecdotes that came out that that painted this guy in a, in a really great picture. So uh, I don't know if, James, you had anything else to say, but, you know, rest uh, in peace, Robert you, uh, Yeah, I think you covered all of it. Uh, yeah, from the statements I read, seemed like a, a very good boss. And uh, yeah, very sad news. Yes. Um, to our final story now, uh, still not the best news, but eh, it's it's sort of a long forgotten story until now that 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 I my high school self uh, was certainly heartbroken about. Uh, this was around high school, right, James? Dude, this we were in university when this broke initially. This was in 2015. Oh, OK. A year, a year after still high I was I wasn't too far off. Still university. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, right. Anyway, uh, I don't know who remembers uh, or if people remember this, whoever's listening, but back in 2015, there were a lot of 15 or 16, I think. Uh, there were a lot of uh, rumors floating around about uh, Netflix doing a live action Legend of Zelda series. Mm-hmm. And it uh, turns out those were true plans that were in the works. But because they got leaked, Nintendo pulled the plug on this and on all of their related uh, properties that they were trying to adapt at the time, which also included a Claymation Star Fox skit or show. Was it just a skit or was it a whole show? Uh, according to the Engadget article I was reading about this, it, it was just a, a skit that was going to combine Star Fox with uh, the George Clooney movie, famous clay, uh, stop motion George Clooney movie, Fantastic Mr. Fox. That is That movie is true to its name. It is fantastic. Um, and if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Anyway, uh, yeah, they pulled the plug on live action Zelda and this uh, Claymation Star Fox project and probably a bunch of other things that we don't know about um which is just you know just pretty funny that they acted that drastically about it it's like yeah it just seems like an unnecessary move but i guess you know what like they they lost trust in netflix so uh they didn't want to work with them anymore and that's fair i suppose um they can do what they want to do Clearly, they've changed their tune on that a little bit. They're uh, giving the reins to Mario to Illumination Pictures uh, to make that animated movie. Um, I'm not a fan of that studio, so I really hope that movie turns out well. Yeah, but, I was uh, yeah say. we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I personally don't think a live-action Zelda would be 
that good. I think animated would be better. Me too. Yeah. Uh, but I'm still really curious. And I remember falling for that, uh, that IGN prank back in like 2009 when they made that Zelda trailer. I watched it over and oh, over. I was yeah. like, damn, this is so cool. And then I found out it was fake. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, it wasn't a prank. Or the, sorry, that one was a prank. The one I'm about to talk was not a prank. Um, there was one that was not a prank, but it got. I just kept watching it over and over again because I was just like, oh, I want this to be real so badly. Um, it was, I think, a fan made hypothetical movie trailer for Zelda. I, I think specifically Breath of the Wild, though I think it maybe just Zelda in general. Um, in the style of Studio Ghibli or Studio Ghibli, however. And I was like, oh, God, yes. (laughs) Like, incredible, 100%. Uh, So uh, that's that's my only request. It will never happen, but uh, if only. It would just be like, I don't know. It would be pretty cool if they could make some some different properties like that work, Uh, bring all those games to a new audience and... Or those franchises, sorry, just had had a had a burp. Tasted like the meat pie I had this afternoon for lunch. Oh, that's delightful yes. for our listeners. You're welcome. Wow. Listeners. Yum. <laughs> anyway, uh, it would be nice if uh, they did more of these projects, like, or they actually did some of these projects. I kind of hope that Mario's not the only thing they do. Um, I mean, we saw a Pokemon movie, but that's not really Nintendo's. Uh, area like Game Freak and the Pokemon Company were mm-hmm. more responsible for that than Nintendo was, but still, um, I really liked that movie personally. I thought it was a fun time, and yeah, uh, yeah, I would like to see that with uh, with some other stuff. Metroid would be cool. Metroid movie. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Which, by the way, I mean Derek Bittner from Good Vibes Gaming. He's he's got uh, he's ideas for one. Yeah, yeah. I didn't actually uh, watch that, but maybe I should check that out. Yeah, I, I saw little bits and pieces of it. It was really impressive. Yeah, really cool. Impressive. Um, side note, real quick. Uh, I don't know if it was already mentioned or not, but uh, Adam Conover from College Humor, as in Adam ruins everything. Adam Conover was the guy to sort of uh, give this little tidbit of information because what happened was uh i think as james mentioned um this, there was a star fox skit like we said being made a college humor um and i just like to think <laughs> i just find it's kind of funny that like after flying shigeru miyamoto over to talk about like star fox being in a college humor sketch which to me that's the biggest news in all of this that nintendo was allowing college freaking humor to do anything with their ip that's hilarious to me and having somebody leak the huge zelda project at netflix and then adam conover's boss i called you were having to go yeah, i'm sorry adam we can't make your four minute star fox video for the internet anymore <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, so bizarre yeah. like i just yeah sorry for repeating some details i couldn't uh, quite remember if we had we'd said I don't that think already. we did but yeah that's okay but that, just a bizarre story all uh, around yeah. both the decision who broke this story like years later oh man um either way as james said hoping in the in the future that the ip gets some better multimedia representation going forward that can be said for like all video games like give us give us some good ones if you're gonna make them i would say yeah 
You don't have to turn everything into a movie, but if you're going to, just make it good. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, man. That's so many sure. bad ones in the past. Hopefully Uncharted is good. I'm looking forward to that one now. Uh, I don't really like the casting of Mark Wahlberg as Sully. That's weird to me. Yeah. But hopefully, uh, hopefully it turns out well. Well, James, while we uh, hypothesize about the future of beloved storied franchises and how they'll be handled in multimedia, it also gets you thinking about how the games themselves will be handled in the future, especially in long-standing series and franchises. Uh, and that's something we're going to talk about this week and something that we're kind of probably going to have as like a recurring segment going forward, like the future of blank. Uh, and this week, uh, James's very good idea uh, was Mario Kart, which I think is especially fascinating. Yeah, uh, I think this is a fun one to talk about because... Uh... I feel like we're going to get a new one relatively soon. Mm-hmm. Maybe not Maybe not this year. I hope this year because, I mean, I've been playing Mario Kart 8. And don't get me wrong, I love Mario Kart 8. But I've been playing that game for uh, seven years almost. And, uh, yeah, a new one would be nice. So, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about, what we want in it what we expect. Um, and yeah, we're going to revisit this with, uh, with other Nintendo franchises. And I feel like it's mostly going to be Nintendo franchises. It'll mostly be Nintendo. Games. It's not necessarily the, the intent. I think it's just, it's that's just, just how it's going to end up being. Yeah. By chance, exactly. because I think there's just a lot of questions because of how secretive Nintendo is and how and, things. And also because there's more crossover in John and I's interests. Yes. Than my interests, uh, yeah, we, we, we like, will not be doing the future of World of Warcraft yeah, or, or the future show. of Halo. We couldn't really do <laughs> or that. Destiny, or yeah, or Destiny. Yeah, yeah. No. So, so Nintendo is probably Fuck the way you, to James. go with that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Um, what do you think the future of Warcraft is? I don't know where to start. I think we should start with the big thing that both of us oh. kind, of, uh, kind of want slash expect. Because uh, they've already kind of started doing this. But... Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe they turn it into Nintendo Kart. Yeah. That's a possibility. I, I don't know. I don't think they call it that. I don't, I don't think, think they would call it that. that. Absolutely not. Because A, that's a terrible name. B, it just would not. <laughs> I don't think it would sell as well as like Mario Kart. Nintendo Destruction All-Star. <laughs> we'll talk about that one later, John. You're getting ahead of yourself. Oh, I, yeah. It was unintentional, actually. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So yeah, like they definitely wouldn't call it that, but they've brought in uh, they brought in Link as a racer and uh, and a Hyrule uh, Castle um, racetrack. They brought in uh, two F Zero tracks, which is the closest thing we've gotten to a new F Zero game, and it's sad, but I guess I'll take it. And they brought in Animal Crossing characters and uh, Animal Crossing track and the Splatoon characters and the Splatoon uh, battle mode course or. What do you call them? Tracks? You don't call it a track. Uh, arena. You know better than me. Call yeah, arena. yeah, that sure. sounds right. That's more accurate, anyway. Um, yeah. So I mean, they've already started that. I don't think that they'll do it uh, to too much more of an extreme, but I do kind of hope they bring in more of these guest characters. Um, now, I'm not going to say they should bring in 
all of these, but one of the following franchises, and I think the most likely would be Kirby to bring in next. That would be really mm-hmm. cool. Uh, but uh, other ones could be like Star Fox or Metroid or actually bringing in Captain Falcon as a racer too would be pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I could see that happening. Um, so yeah, I mean, along with that, I would want to see, I would just want to see the implementation be a little more uh, deep into the to the game. So you'd have more courses based on other franchises, and maybe a couple of items from other franchises. Mm. But then that kind of begs the question of if if that's taking away from the identity of of Mario Kart. So I don't know if they would go that far with the items specifically, but I can definitely see uh, more courses and more characters based off of uh, other franchises. Yeah, I think one idea, uh, I think you brought up a good point with like keeping the core identity of Mario Kart uh, as far as like bringing in other reference points from different IP. That's a very good point. Like something they definitely have to be careful with. I just sort of thought with items like for, I I hate using this, this phrase because of the connotation it has in the broader uh, gaming ecosystem, but maybe for lack of a better term, you bring in uh, items and things from other games and you almost give just the existing items skins of them in a way like like uh, instead of um uh oh, oh my god and uh, what, what what's the name of the fucking squid in goddamn uh, mario blooper. <laughs> blooper instead of a blooper floating in front of your screen and shooting you with ink maybe it's a metroid that flies in front of your screen and does something to blind you like it's the that's same idea item. that's yeah. a good idea because then it could only like maybe they only change on based on map or something on the map because they yeah. kind of already do that with uh, with the coins in both the Animal Crossing and the actually the Animal Crossing Zelda and, rule. F- and yeah. F-Zero because on F-Zero there are no coins but they took the mechanic of having to ride over the purple strips for health and mm-hmm. they changed that. They kept that but it's instead how you get coins. Yeah. I think you can still get them as items but anyway in Hyrule you get rupees instead of coins and in uh, Animal Crossing, you get bells instead of coins. So that would be cool if that extended to other items too. It'd just be kind of, it'd be pretty fun to kind of figure out what would turn into other things. Yeah, I, I mean, like equivalents to like even just a mushroom or a shell in in these other franchises. Yeah, I mean, I think like, and this could be totally wrong because confession, I've never played. Uh, a Kid Icarus game in my life, but like if you did Kid Icarus or something, maybe the first place like targeting Blue Shell is like you get a bow with like some tracking arrow that gets you shoot off in the sky and then it like rains down in the first place person or something mm. like that. You know, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I think there's a lot you could do there. Yeah, that would be that would be really cool if they did that because that's uh, I mean, I feel like with the Metroid, if you did do the I feel like people would be a little disappointed if the Metroid just functioned like a blooper. Um, but if you were to go that route, it could just cover you in like some sort of corruption or something from like Metroid Prime 3 or just static shocks or something or, or I don't know, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, um, 
Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, just to, to my sort of because uh, the first point I was making there was like sort of something off of your point, uh, you know, regarding the, the visual appearance of existing items. But the first like broad point that I wanted to bring up is something you've already kind of alluded to. And that is if if we go in this direction, you know, I'm just going to call it the Nintendo card uh, direction. Again, we're just using that in terms of like. As a, as a symbol for what it would represent, not saying that that's the actual fucking name. Uh, it's it's going to be Mario Kart 9 and 10 and 11, whatever, right? I kind of um, hope but, they go back to uh, not numbers, but anyway. Yeah, either either way, Mario Kart, it yeah, will be. Yeah, Mario Kart. Um, uh, if, it, if it goes in the Nintendo Kart variety direction, I hope that while Mario Kart currently does have variety in terms of the game modes. Absolutely. I hope that gets emphasized even further. Like I, I I want even more gameplay options and it can happen. There's a lot you can do with cars, man, and, and carts specifically in that, you know, in the when you're when you're specifically making wacky cars that are nowhere near realistic, like the sky's the limit, really. Um, so along with all these new characters and new IPs and reference points, Give me even more game modes to to play with friends and stuff like that to really cement this as even more to me of a staple in the uh, Nintendo multiplayer game rotation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. More game modes would be great. I can't even really think of what other, like, even other battle modes that they could add. I can't, I'm kind of not able to think of any ideas they added renegade roundup most recently in uh, mario kart 8 deluxe which is a great mode mm-hmm. um it's like cops and robbers uh so just like more types of battle modes even would be kind of cool but I, I think you're suggesting something entirely different than racing or battling um, yeah i mean i i, I did I, I like have no idea what that would be I, I yeah, I don't know exactly like what the game would be and how it functions or something like that. But if you could come up with more game modes in that badly sort of vein, great. And especially if you're working with more worlds and more IP, you could play around with that kind of stuff again. Uh, one thing that got me thinking though uh, for this conversation, this prompt, it it sort of showed me like, oh man, like Diddy Kong Racing on the N64 was a really impressive game with the variety it had, and I think one key thing that Mario Kart could do and I think could implement very tastefully is air aerial vehicles like um yeah, yeah. I-, I think that could happen especially like oh, the first thing I thought of the first thing I thought of look look who you brought look who you brought up in the uh suggested new uh, uh everyone other than Captain Falcon Samus's ship Star Fox's gunship Kirby on his star for both ground and air like there's there's aerial representation there too without having to force people into these oh we made uh you know we made it like the car that you drive except with wings like you know it's not a forced gimmick yeah like they kind of I feel like they kind of took a half step to that because you've got Mm -hmm. uh from Mario Kart 7 you had the underwater uh stuff which I thought yeah. was great, made the tracks more uh, fluids, not the, well, fluid, they are, <laughs> it's a fluid. Uh, it made them more open, it opened up the design a little more, it made you able to do more with it. Yeah. Uh, and then they did uh, the gliding, but that was like, it didn't really add much. 
because you don't have that much control when you're gliding. Uh, it's cool for a couple of shortcuts in uh, in in Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, but it, it's not really the most interesting addition. And then they also added the uh, the anti-gravity stuff, which I mm. thought, again, was a fantastic addition that helped the level design uh, really go wild. Um, so yeah, like if, if they took a direction like... Uh, another point of comparison is uh, Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed, or whatever that game's called. I haven't actually played it, mm-hmm. but uh, I have seen enough gameplay of it, and they do a lot of cool things with the, the car's transforming into uh boats and planes so that Mm. lets you do the level design in really crazy ways yeah Um, so yeah it'd be kind of cool if you could have this uh the switch between uh flying sections underwater sections and uh and driving sections like that would be that would be pretty sweet or or the diddy kong racing route where you just pick a vehicle to start with and that's the kind of race you would do uh, mm-hmm. I think I would prefer the Sonic route of things if we're picking, but uh, but yeah, that's a good point. Um, th- and that's that. Like b- before, you even made the Sonic example there. I was like, oh yeah, we're talking about as far as again not rebranding, but in terms of the scope of the game, it's like oh, go in a more Nintendo car direction. Well, actually, you can go the other way, too, where you expand the vehicles and it's more Mario racing, not just cart racing, right? Like, yeah, I was thinking boats and and that stuff, too, before you mentioned the Sonic example. And I think that would be really great. And even then, even if you don't come up with other battle modes, like you feel like you've the, the, the wells run dry there in terms of creative options, even if you just do the existing battle modes and racing with the, th- the different vehicle types, you've already added so much new depth. Yeah, like imagine a balloon fight, but in planes, it's basically Dude, dog fighting. Like that's just so thought cool. of a, <laughs> just thought of an idea. Like, and that also, especially if you uh, like, depending on the game mode and that, so like you pair game mode with uh vehicle type and that changes like the overall level design uh, as it pertains to the vehicle, right? Like, as you were saying, you don't even I feel like with certain battle modes, because it's free form movement and you're not on a linear track, especially with aerial combat, design would could be so easy. Like you just put put people in a super scenic location with great aerial views and then just let them go at it in a dogfight style in the sort of constrained space. And the first thing that came to my mind, why not can you imagine doing balloon fight like you said in airplanes in the mario sunshine sandbird spiral huh, just like cool. fly, flying around while the sandbird flies around you is like I a mean, visual spectacle i was like, just that'd thinking, be so cool i was just thinking of woohoo island because they love to use that place oh, yeah. long like for yeah. a long time uh that's the island from Wii sports resort in case anyone was uh was wondering and pilot wings mm-hmm. um but yeah, like doing something like that would would really open the game up and make it uh, a lot more like set it apart from its predecessors. So you could still feel like going back to Mario Kart Eight for a different experience, and both could coexist on the system, maybe. Um, but you mentioned Diddy Kong Racing, and the other thing from that that would be cool is if we got more of a substantial single player 
experience mm-hmm. uh, in a in a new Mario Kart game. They dabbled with this in Mario Kart DS uh, with the missions, which were my favorite part of that game. I think uh, you could do stuff like uh, there were boss battles, uh, so you'd fight like King Babam or uh, an Ice Bully, or, uh, or no, it wasn't King Babam. It was King Goomba, I think. Maybe it was both. I don't know. Hmm. Um, oh yeah, there's stuff like that. There's like driving through uh, rings in the right order, collecting all the coins, uh, driving through a course backwards. It's like a lot of fun stuff that they did with the mission mode that just never really came back. And I would love to see that. I'd love to see Mario Kart. Like I don't want to just have Grand Prix on my own and that's it for single player. Mm-hmm. It would be great if I could do more than that yeah for sure because at this Um, point like for me the single player of of the new mario karts especially if i guess this is only really with uh with eight deluxe but you've got the the 150 cc unlocked from the start so really i'm just doing eight cup or i guess it was 16 cups once and i've unlocked or like I've gotten all I can get out of it because I don't need to go back and do 150 uh, respectively. So it's like it limited the amount of uh, single player content I had in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got to say I played Mario Kart DS, but I, I I I just don't fucking remember any of it. I, not even for a bad reason, but if if they did have single player content like that, yeah, I'm all for it because that's such a big strength of Diddy Kong Racing to me. Yeah, uh, and Mario Kart DS was uh, was a really good one. I like that game a lot. Uh, it cut Waluigi off the roster, I think, which was oh no, that wasn't that one. Sorry, no, Mario Kart Seven cut Waluigi, uh, which was dumb. Bastards. Um, yeah, but Mario Kart DS had Rob as a character, like from Smash, like the robotic operating buddy. And this was before Smash Bros. It's like, I don't know why the fuck he was in there, but cool, I guess. And some of the tracks in that game were really, really fun. So, yeah, that was definitely a, a fun game. And the missions, as I said, were really, really cool. Now, separate question. Um, you know, we've been, uh, projecting and sort of fantasizing about what could be and everything like that. And and I definitely think a lot of this is feasible, but that's what I want to talk about. The feasibility. Do you think given how Mario Kart eight deluxe is sold a port from the last console in the Wii U with some extra content, a port being the number one best-selling console or a game, sorry, on switch, not for long. But anyway, not not for long. I know, obviously not for long, but up until the year four point is pretty and pretty impressive. Um, Do you think they will innovate in that way? Do you think they will expand in that way? I I don't I I'm honestly truly 50 50 on it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I thought I honestly thought that they would have done DLC because they had a massive player base. Uh, that would have eaten that stuff up because mm-hmm. like people want new courses. Uh, Mario Kart Tour is not going to cut it in that regard. Uh, I have not played it, but like it's, it's, I know it's not the same as a, as a console Mario game. 
or a Mario Kart game. Um, so I, I hope they do. I hope they innovate in some way. That would be cool. But honestly, even if they just give me the same kind of evolution as I got from seven to eight, I would still be satisfied with that because that means I get uh, eight cups worth of new or, or sorry, 16 new tracks, uh, remakes of old tracks that haven't been brought back for a while. Um, probably DLC. I got some new characters. I get some new items and it's a refresh that, that I want. So like, really I'll take the bare minimum at that, at this point. But if we're looking at pie in the sky wishes, then yes, I would like them to innovate a little more. You, so here's partially why I'm 50, 50 on why they, why 50%. Yeah. I think they will innovate in a big way and 50% like, no, why the fuck do they need to? I don't think they will. But also in terms of my own desires, it's like, so I totally hear what you're saying when it's like, if they just give a similar margin of upgrade from like, uh, from eight to nine, like they did with seven to eight, I'll be happy. And I, I probably will be happy too. But then I also go, huh, we're not talking about Mario Party here, where it sells a good amount because it's a Mario game, but ultimately it's not an absolute stalwart part of the Mario brand for them. And so it's understandable if they don't go balls to the wall on the new one. Um, but I, I look at Smash Bros. Ultimate hmm. and I go... If you just gave me even a slight improvement or just re if you just ported Smash 4 to the Switch, I would have been ecstatic. But no, they went as hard as any fucking sequel game has ever gone, made it the highest selling fighting game ever. And now, yes, after this, it will probably be a little bit downward from there because you can't go so high. But Smash 4 even though it was on the Wii U, sold very well, and they could have just coasted, like Mario Kart 8, with a slight deluxe port. But they chose not to, and they went all out. Mario Kart 8 has sold stupidly well, and like there is so much that you could do, both from now a, a, a financial perspective, you could invest a lot of changes into uh, the future game, and also just like, what's what we're talking about like all the gameplay possibilities like with the i think the existence of smash ultimate is kind of like a slight thesis statement for how the next how mario kart could go in the future and so i'm i'm 50 50 on whether they will actually go through with it or not but in terms of my satisfaction i i think if they gave a few improvements here and there i actually think i would be disappointed if it's not a huge massive improvement now that i think about it uh, the other thing I just thought of is that um, if they, here's how I would look at it. If they're planning on putting a new Mario Kart on Switch and not a new console, if it's going to be on the Switch, then I think mm. they have to do that big innovation to get people to buy it. Because a lot of people might just think, oh, well, it's yeah. another Mario Kart. I have Mario Kart already. What's the difference? Mm -hmm. uh, but if they're trying to but if they make it like, you know, really big innovations, brand new, uh, bring in a bunch of Nintendo characters, whatever they do, then people are like, oh, this is a completely different game. I, I need to have this too. Uh, and then it sells really well on the Switch. But if they do a 
a Switch 2 or a Super Switch, Switch Pro or whatever, and want to make a Mario Kart as a system seller for that, I don't know if they need to do that much new to get people to buy it. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I could go either way. Now that I'm saying that out loud, I don't know if that makes that much sense. That that's the thing is like I, I hear what you're saying, but like I know I am very confident. Like if they just add a couple more drivers, a few more maps, and revamp the performance or whatever, and just call it Mario Kart Nine, it'll still spell sell very well. Like, I'm not saying it'll sell more than Mario Kart 8, but it's still going to sell fantastically. And that's, to me, I'm like, Nintendo would do that. They they would. Like, it, because you can, and it will sell great. Easy money. But I, I hear what you're saying from, uh, yeah, like, yeah, if the Switch, if there is no Switch Pro or whatever, and, you know you're offering a new Mario Kart game. I guess there for the hardcores, there has to be some kind of a, a meteor change that's going to happen. Like it's, it's weird, man. That's why I'm 50, 50. That's exactly why I'm 50, 50. Yeah. Uh, honestly, <laughs> at this point it could go either way. Uh, obviously I'm hoping for a new one uh, soon. Cause mm-hmm. again, I still love eight deluxe, still have a lot of fun playing with, uh, with all my friends, but I do want to see some new courses at the very least. Like I'd still be yeah. happy if they just did DLC at this point for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think they will. I don't know. But... They definitely won't. Not at this point. It's like people <laughs> like the same thing. People are still thinking they might do DLC for Mario Odyssey. It's like, no, if they were gonna do it, it would have been out by now. <laughs> yeah. Same for yeah. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Um yeah, and I think that it's because they gave it the deluxe title and they have it like, oh, everything's on the cart, on the cartridge. Um, they can't add DLC to that because then it's not no longer the definitive experience on its own. So mm-hmm. that's probably partly why. Um, but yeah. Okay, so I think that's all the uh, the big, like grand things that we want. But I still kind of want to get into more uh, nitty gritty stuff like it's not nitty gritty, but more like specific stuff, even if, and this, this is kind of related to if they don't do the Nintendo cart route and they just do another Mario Kart, these are some smaller things that I would want. Mm. Uh, and I'm sure you'll have an input on some of these. Um, so I'll save my, nah, I'll just do this first. Uh, okay. So one thing gameplay wise that I think would be really cool uh, to take cues from like double dash and games like Overwatch and Destruction All-Stars to make the characters, to make your choice in character have more weight to it. Mm -hmm. And that's a good pun because right now all that matters in your character choice is their actual weight. But um, I'll just pause for people to stop laughing. <laughs> and, and, and let people know how clever I am. Uh, yeah, thank you, thank James, you. clever, clever, James, clever, yes. clever, James. Thank you, thank you. Uh, so one thing that they could do is to bring back uh, the the special items from Double Dash. Um, and that those were things like uh, like Mario and Luigi were the only ones that had access to fireballs. Uh, Toad and Toadette had the golden mushroom. Only they could have that. Uh, Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong had 
giant banana uh bowser and bowser jr had the giant coop shell or the giant bowser shell stuff like that uh that mm-hmm. was really cool and made your choice in character feel significant um so I just I just want that again. Like it would be really cool to have different incentives to play different characters, like to have more fun with them. Because right now, and maybe this is the way they want it to be, right now you're just picking a character based on whether you like them or not, like you like the way they look or, or anything. I'm sure some people go more in-depth and look at their, their meta stats or whatever and their weights and everything. But right now I pick King Boo because I like King Boo. That's it. That's my reason. He doesn't yeah, have any special up. power or anything like that, but it would be pretty cool if uh, he was the only like he had a special ability to like turn invisible or something like, uh, or I don't know, possess another cart, something cool like that. I think it would be really awesome if they added that sort of capability and if you wanted to make it like a special power instead of an item that you pick up that charges up like uh like a a breaker in destruction all-stars or an alt in uh in overwatch that would be a cool method to do things too just imagine like i don't know uh luigi's special being the poltergust uh his vacuum from luigi's mansion and he just uses that to pull back other racers or something like that, or like propel himself forward for an extended period of time and blow other racers back. I don't know. Something cool like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people want like a double dash mode. I would two racers would be in one cart. I mean, it would be cool, but I don't really think that that would add that much at this point uh except if you did bring back that idea that would bring back the idea of having two special items per cart which was a cool thing like if if like one combination i think i liked a lot was having uh toadette or toad and bowser jr because you had the super uh golden mushroom and the giant uh, Bowser shell. So a good uh, offensive item and a good item to get you in first place. But anyway, yeah, that's one thing. That's a major gameplay thing that I think would be really cool. They're probably not going to do it, but I hope they do. Now, James, I just thought of something from a gameplay perspective. I, you have written here, you mentioned destruction all-stars already and, and, and and then that comes from the Overwatch thing that that you know popularizing the hero dynamics of yes, yes. having your your characters you know your your selection of character have weight to it from a power perspective. Yeah, um, got me thinking about Overwatch itself and Overwatch. They, they I know you don't play Overwatch, but let me tell you, one of my favorite game modes in Overwatch that happens in the summer festival event called the Summer Games is something called Lucio Ball. And when you play Lucio Ball, Lucio is the name of uh, one of the hero characters, and it's a three-on-three soccer, because he's like a soccer player. Uh Um, When you play Lucio Ball, it becomes very evident that it is uh, heavily, heavily influenced by Rocket League. Right. And so it's like, okay, well, from a legal perspective, they're clearly able to pull it off, and it's original, and it's all that stuff. 
And then I got thinking, like, you know, there's another very popular soccer franchise in Mario. Cool, Mario Strikers. But what if you combine them, James? Dude, if they did a Mario Kart with Mario Strikers on Fucking Rocket League, Mario Kart League. That would be cool. Dude, why can't they? I think they could make it a bot. Like, uh, fucking, I don't know. I, I, I think there's ways to do it. That would be really surely cool. if and if you look up Lucio Vival videos just about that you surely if you could do that you could pull this off. All I want is that art style back. That's all I want in life. Oh, yes. That's the best art style Mario has ever had. And they fucking threw it away. Bring it back. I, Don't be cowards. I, I, I will on. say I will say as much as I would love something strikers-esque back into the Mario sphere and, and it would be cool to see them do that with cart. You know, I won't be mad if they don't do that because I have a feeling next level games is going to bring back Mario Strikers in some way. I have a oh, feeling. I hope so. So, but anyways, I don't want to get sidetracked on Mario Strikers. Mario Strikers is amazing, but we're not talking about Mario Strikers. Um, there is something I was going to say, and I lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I, I wanted to agree with you on the hero statement and then also uh, mention that little tidbit of a. Uh, rocket league isms that would be a cool that would be a cool mode but they'd have to they'd have to add their own touch to it and uh oh yeah they'd have to make it work on a bunch of different maps that weren't soccer field shaped like you'd have Mm. to make that work on like a, a dragon dragon palace or a lunar colony you know like some of those maps from from mario kart 8 yeah to have it work on on all the battle modes, but, but that would be kind of cool. Cause if you don't do that, then it's an entirely different mode and it's an entirely different game basically. And that would probably take up a lot of space. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, some more of the, uh, the more specific stuff, again, if we're getting more just into Mario uh, or just sticking with Mario as a theme and that's it, would be just more tracks and more characters, more variety in the games that the, that get represented. So, like characters, mm-hmm. uh, like half of Mario Kart 8's roster is is crap. It's like it's too many metal characters, too many different versions yeah. of Mario. Like you got Metal Mario, Pink Gold Peach, it's fucking dumb. You've got uh, <laughs> the Tanuki Mario and Cat Peach as DLC. Like we don't need all those versions of the characters. Then there's five different baby characters. We don't need all those. You only really yeah. need baby Mario and baby Luigi, if that. I don't even think you need those two yeah, anymore. Get the babies out of here. They get shouldn't the be driving. They can't drive. Um, it's dangerous. All seven Koopalings. I think we're over that at this point. You don't need all of those. But there's so many characters that you could bring in. Like Pauline, you could bring in her. Yes. Mayor of New Donk City. Cappy is a driver. That would be pretty cool. Uh, mm. King Bob-omb. It'd be kind of weird for him to throw Bob-omb's. Oh, the fucking... Uh, King Boo can use the diff- a Boo item. So the, the different evil rabbits from Odyssey. Yeah, that yeah. would be cool too. A Pianta, yeah. that would be cool. Hell, I don't even think Diddy Kong was in Mario Kart 8, was he? I don't think so. Didn't they cut him? Which is rude, but bring back probably, all the Donkey just, Kong characters. Diddy they're Kong, probably just uh, jealous Kong. of how impressive his cart game was versus theirs. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Diddy Kong, Dixie Kong, Cranky Kong, Funky Kong. Bring all those in. All the Kongs. 
Not Kitty Bring Kong. Crash though. Bandicoot. I'm not talking about Smash here. Ah, haha, very fair enough. Uh, and much. Professor Egad be another one. Yes. He was supposed to be in the DS version. <gasps> really? I think. Or one of the versions. Maybe it was seven, but he was cut. Like, oh, man. He's been in enough games. Like, come on, bring him in. He'd be a great. I think, you know racer. what? I think they will, especially after the purchase of Next Level Games. They're yeah, doubling down on they quality will. Luigi's Mansion. They got it. Like, I think they point. have to. You have to. You yeah. know what? You know what? There. That's guarantee. I I will guarantee one thing for the next Mario Kart game is that Egad will be a playable character. I am confident. I'm in that. I'm ninety nine percent sure Pauline will be as well. They kind of brought her back into the limelight. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah. Yeah, so like all those characters, hell, even bringing in more like basic Mario enemies that haven't been in, like bring in, give me a Goomba as a driver. Like, yeah, they haven't done that. The first time a Goomba was playable, I think, was in Super Mario Party, and it's hilarious. So, why not <laughs> keep that? Or, uh, like PD Piranha as a racer, bring her back, him back. Um, it's on the back. note of on the note of characters, I just want to say this because you've been you've been doing the heavy lifting with like more of the really specific nitty gritty gameplay stuff of like just like detailed content that will be in the next game yeah. as opposed to like broader changes. But one thing that I one nitty gritty point I would want to make is sort of actually related to more recent Nintendo news. And I don't know if you heard, uh, but starting with Monster Hunter Rise coming out this March. Uh, Nintendo moving forward is actually updating their multiplayer like servers and network system for the first time in 20 years. I did hear that. So with that in mind, given how multiplayer heavy uh, Mario Kart is and how it's one of the OG like switch online, got to play games, you know, with that improved tech and hopefully making it more faster and more seamless and quality experience at the online level, like smush that idea with james's point of bringing back some meteor single player content and i'm thinking uh hello online multiplayer boss battles like go go the almost like i'm picturing smash ultimate with uh spirit events and how the higher level spirits like the five star level spirits are kind of like special themed boss battles for the month or whatever like why not for the I mean, it's going to pass after this year, but like as an example, oh, hey, to celebrate the anniversary of Metroid, uh, team up with your other kart racing pals and take down Mother Brain and Mother Brain can like spawn off little racing Metroids to chase after you that you have to 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 hit off with different shells and stuff like that before you can attack her again and stuff like that. Like I I, I do it. Uh, You know, I think that'd be great as like a line events. Yeah, I think they did that on the Wii. But I never experienced that because I, I heard, I think through, uh, I think it was a Scott the Waz video on, on Mario Kart Wii. Uh, he talked about like, that's the closest they've been to bringing back missions was through uh, through Nintendo Online back then. Uh, but I can't remember how you access them. But yeah, uh, that would be really cool. More More online stuff more tournaments, I guess, make a more robust tournament mode. Um, that'd be really cool. Uh, I had some other points about more specific, uh, like tracks and stuff. Oh, okay. But 
I mean, I can run through them really quick. We're, I guess we're, we're, I'm not. I'm not on a time limit. No, I know, but uh, Friday evening, my guy. Yeah, I know. Okay, so just a few, <laughs> just a few tracks, and then we can kind of wrap this up. I think. So I think if it happens soon, uh, we're definitely like if Mario Kart Nine happens soon, we're definitely going to get like a New Donk City track, Ooh, something like nice. that. That would be really, really cool. Uh, another kingdom I think would work really well would be the Luncheon Kingdom. That would be a really unique track. Yes. Um, you have that giant chef bird flying in the background, spitting lava like at you from from a distance, or uh, or just have falling um, fruit like that that pixelated fruit kind of thing, the jagged fruit falling from the sky different lava areas, all that kind of stuff. That'd be really cool. But I, I think just bringing in more specific uh, locations from past Mario games would be, would be fun. Like for the next Bowser's castle, make it themed like the last world in 3d world, uh, super Mario 3d world, which I don't think I'm going to say what that is just in case people haven't played that game because it's a really fun surprise what that looks like. Uh, but I think once you see it, you'll agree that it's awesome and would make a great Mario Kart track. Um, and then there's stuff like like Rico Harbor. Make a track based off of that. Yes, especially if they go the route of different vehicles. You've yeah. got to ride the jellyfish. Yeah, or even just a track based off of the entirety of Delfino Island. Yep. That would be more, cool. More sunshine content in general. They, yep. they did uh, Delfino Plaza. That was a track on um, Mario Kart DS, but it wasn't really... It had Piantas in it, but it wasn't really based on anything from Sunshine. Dude, so, do a gala- do a galaxy map with like the aerial with planes, but like just put on like a fucking spaceship skin on them. Yeah, and have exactly. Fights in like space? do the uh, like the space junk galaxy or something. Yeah, that would be awesome. But yeah, just pull from different areas of Mario's history, and I know they kind of do that for inspiration already. But a lot of them feel they feel like they could be Mario levels, but some of them just aren't like specific to to the games and i think that would be really cool because they're definitely doing that with the guest characters like they pulled a specific level and recreated it exactly from splatoon for a battle map and uh they made a really cool version of hyrule castle um uh but yeah i I just think the tracks can be like there's a lot you can do with with tracks, and I'm sure that they haven't run out of ideas yet. I don't think they ever will. But like looking back at Mario's history is a good way to uh, to go for that. I think, um, and I think it would be cool. They kind of do this in Mario Kart Eight with Grumble Volcano, but having tracks that kind of change their layout slightly uh, mm-hmm. on each lap would be fun. Um, also tracks that are just super long and the laps are different sections. I like those more of those, please. That's pretty much all I have to say on the tracks, but uh, yeah, that would be yeah. all of those things. We just, we said for the last, what, 40 minutes, Nintendo, I, I, just do all of it. Listen to this I, podcast. 
do it all. And and before we end it, I I I'm just gonna leave you with a prediction of how and what will be revealed in the in the announcement of the next Mario Kart game. But before I do that, James, remind me what is the name of the game mode in Mario Kart Eight where it's like cops versus robbers, basically. Renegade Roundup. Renegade Roundup. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. So it's twenty. It's this year, twenty twenty one. The The Game Awards, twenty twenty one. Okay. Jeff Keeley's, you know, announcing the, you know, whatever the docket, the plan for the event, uh, for the show. Uh, but he's loudly interrupted by some revving, vroom, vroom, vroom. and then he like almost gets hit by a blue shell, and that's when you start. That's when they zoom in on the screen. And uh, I don't know exactly how it's going to go, but there's going to be a lot of reveals of, uh, you know, people driving and dodging one another, competing against one another, and the other drivers from different franchises will be revealed. The next Mario Kart game gets announced announced right then and there, but not we're not quite quite done yet. There's going to be DLC of different racers, just kind of like Fighters Pass. It's going to be called something like the cart license or something or the Mario driver's license, the racer's permit. Okay. So we're going to buy a racer's permit that gives us different racers that will, that will be announced. And especially that will be even more substantial if they're given unique powers and and abilities in a hero type way. Uh, And to reveal that we're shown uh, Luigi in renegade roundup. He's right. He's racing in his car, racing in his car. It's a hot pursuit. Uh, the cops are after him with their piranha plant sort of things, chomping away at him, trying to nag him and send him into the cage. And he's dodging them. He's dodging them. It's getting more and more intense, but they miss him. And they end up like sort of skirt, not crashing because it's fucking Mario. It's not violent, but like sort of crashing and like bawling off away from him. And he's like, whew, oh my gosh, I almost got caught. And he turns a corner and suddenly a black piranha plant snatches him up and it's black because it's hair because Bayonetta's a racer what the fuck <laughs> Bayonetta is in the next Mario Kart game slash Nintendo Kart game and she's the first dri- she's the first driver on the racer's permit <laughs> okay that's weird <laughs> and then that spawns into Bayonetta 3 being announced I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm kidding <laughs> Um, I had uh, no just, idea where you're going to go with that. I <laughs> did not expect that. I, I, I don't I've like been, it. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Easy Allies lately, and Michael Huber is their hype man. I was doing a Michael Huber impression there, and I love him. So, okay. but I, I, I don't know. I, I thought I, I, I could see something like the racers permit or whatever the driver's cool. license. Thing. Like, yeah, that would only really work if they did give uh, uh, them character abilities because people don't really get that excited about the racers. They get more excited about the tracks. Yeah, uh, for it's, sure. it's like kind of the opposite of Smash in that regard. Um, but anyways, I just yeah. I thought I would leave, re- leave it off with that cinematic prediction. <laughs> that, that I don't actually think it will happen, but that, that would be cool. certainly paint a picture. Um, but yeah, I definitely yeah. don't think Bayonetta is going to be in Mario Kart. I will say Bayonetta that now. Bayonetta's going to get roundup, man. Use her hair. <laughs> prediction for the day. 100%. <laughs> And I will agree with that. Be in Mario Kart. I will agree. Uh, Ridley from Mario Kart. Oh, that would be so funny. That'd be so cute. Like him scrouching down for his fucking scrouching. Scrouching's a word now. Uh, scrouching down, like with his little claws, like trying to grip at this tiny yeah, cart wheel. Link barely fits in a cart. You think Ridley can fit in Ooh. one? I, I will. Sorry, actually, just last thing. If they go multi vehicle and they go with boats king of the red lines mm, yes yes please just saying put me on the open high rule seas baby that'd be great 
You know what another That's fun it. item would be? I'll just drop this last one. A fun item would be a launch star from Galaxy. Yes. Yes. That'd be cool. That'd be Surprised they didn't put that into Mario Kart 8 somehow. Maybe they couldn't really figure out uh, how to do it. It's because we're not working for them, James. That's yeah, maybe that's it. They're they're well out of creative ideas when we're not around. That would be a fun discussion. Like, I don't want to get into it now because I honestly don't have many more ideas for it. But just talking about the items and and ideas of what you could put in, I think we kind of touched on that. But that's another fun, fun aspect of predicting, which I don't Mm -hmm. really do that much with Mario Kart. We most of our predictions in the past have just been Smash related, but uh, predicting the items. That'd be kind of cool. Also, it's funny that none of us, neither of us suggested a Pokemon racer. Yeah, that is funny. Because that would make for some fun tracks, I think. That would. That that would make for some incredible tracks. Especially with like the Pokemon Snap engine and and have a track based on Pokemon Snap. That would be really cool. Anyway. I think we can end it there. We've had, we've put a lot of ideas out there. Nintendo's definitely listening. They're going to take all of these under advisement and, uh, and they're going to make a, make a AAA level game uh, and have it ready by holiday 2021. Cause as we know, yep. that's how gaming works. That's how game development works. Yep. hundred percent. Well, James, uh, aside from playing the crazy game, that is Mario Kart predictions. What else have you been playing this week? Well, uh, it's actually been two weeks, so that is a good point. A lot. I forgot about that because <laughs> I went by very quickly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll give a quick rundown. Um, I finished Uncharted Four, fantastic game. Uh, one of the best stories, or maybe not stories, but one of the best games to explore like character development, uh, especially mm. Nate and and um, Elena. Lost her name for a second. Uh, their relationship builds fantastically. Uh, a lot of great moments in that, which I talked about last week in depth, but we lost that episode, fortunately. So uh, yeah. I'll have to come back to that another time. So yeah, I beat that. Uh, I started Cuphead. Beautiful game. Uh, presentation is like the best I've seen in a game. The best commitment to a presentation style. Uh, maybe ever in a game uh it's just fantastic fun fact about cuphead real quick i don't know if they're still based there but i'm pretty sure they might still be or at least were at one point the studio that made that game based in our hometown of uh oakville ontario yeah i did i did find that out so uh, they don't actually have a studio it's two brothers and well maybe they do now but it's two brothers they're working remotely in uh from each other when they made this game, the two of them. So they, one of them mm-hmm. lived in Oakville and one of them lived in, I think it was somewhere in Saskatchewan, maybe. Okay. Uh, yeah. So they made this beautiful game remotely. Uh, nuts to think about to me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's fantastic. It's hard as hell. Uh, yes. good God. I die so many times before I finally scrape through a boss fight, but, it feels very satisfying. Oh, excuse me. And again, the music, the the visuals, like it all blends together so, so well. And uh, I just, I love the experience of it. Uh, so yeah, that uh, I beat, I started and beat Ori and the Will of the Wisps. 
which is another game with fantastic presentation. Um, the platforming is fantastic. It's, uh, it's very well designed. It's very challenging at times. And uh, just the amount of abilities you get, some of the sections having you like the escape sequences that Ori is kind of known for, having all those moves chained together uh, is so cool and so satisfying when you finally get through it all. Um, and yeah, that was a, that was a beautiful game. The music is fantastic. The story was, was very, very emotional. And, uh, and yeah, I love that one. And then finally, um, destruction all stars, which John and I played last night, we downloaded, we both downloaded it from PlayStation plus and I think I speak for both of us when we say we had a pretty good time with it. We had a pretty good time with it, but I think it's a very okay game. Yeah, I don't think it's something that uh, either of us are going to keep on our PlayStations for very long. But for the time being, for something to play, uh, it's it's fun. I, I, I've been enjoying it. Um, I sucked for a little bit, but I think I understand the mode a little better now. Um the Carnado mode, which is the only one we could really, or one of two modes that we could play together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once it kind of, once I kind of understood how it worked, um, and and got a bit, a bit of a better sense of of control of the cars and everything, uh, I was doing a lot better and having a lot more fun. Um, but yeah, again, it's 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 okay. I, I don't think I'm gonna stick with it for too long. Yeah, I mean, I guess this naturally uh, goes into what I've been playing this week because we share that, and it's one of the few things I've been playing this week. Um, It is fun, but definitely, if you do not have friends to play this with, don't bother. Like, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree Um, with that. I'm probably probably not going to play much, if at all, without you, so. um, um, What I will say is... I was telling this to James last night on uh, on the voice chat when we we're playing, you know, gaming and competing. Um, is that the core gameplay itself, the way driving feels, the way ramming into uh, opposing drivers feels, the way drifting around and dodging stuff feels, all that stuff feels pretty great. Like from a pure moment to moment control experience, I think it's great in that way. Very good high quality game looks beautiful. Um, though I will say the aesthetic choices for the characters are a little eh, cheesy to me in some cases. Um, some people liken it to twisted metal a lot, mm. though I've never played that game. Um, but when you get into the specifics of, uh, the more unique components of the game, like the specific game modes that they created for this, for this, uh, for, for this IP, uh, and then like, yeah, like the different, ga- how the game modes work, how different objectives work and stuff like the, and the UI and all, all that stuff surrounding the gameplay is not well communicated to me. It's not very clear. It's not very clean. Yeah. Like some of the text on screen is so tiny and even we both have pretty decent sized TVs and we can barely read it. Yeah. I have a big TV. That's not that far away from me with 2020 vision. And I'm like, huh, what does that say? Oh, like, thanks what? for bragging about your vision. Some of us need to wear <laughs> glasses, but okay. Um, yeah, but if it, hopefully they could build upon what they've got here, 
just clear things up a little bit, clean things up a little bit, just make the introductory process to what you're offering a little more uh, accessible, excuse me, accessible, both in a literal sense, I think, from uh, like a UI perspective of, you know, those who have certain impairments that prevent them from being able to read this, uh, you know, disabilities, like that's a big deal. Like Uh so much of it is not accessible in that way. Um, But also, you know, accessible and just like a a clarity way, if I haven't already said that. Um, Yeah, aside from Destruction All-Stars, I've the only other game I've been playing this week, and I am actually going to mention it this time, is once again, Destiny 2, but that's because uh, next week, February 9th until May 11th is the brand new season of Destiny, which comes with brand new story content, brand new all kinds of stuff. It's called Season of the Chosen. Uh, It's going to focus around uh, a female. I don't know if it's a new faction, but it's like a female driven sector of the cabal, which is an enemy race. Uh, and they have they have totally and I've never they've never been seen before, as far as I know, at least to me. Um, and they look like regular cabal, but with like elephant like tusks. And I'm like, uh, the, mm. the girls look way fucking cooler. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. Just finishing up my uh, season ranks for this one and getting all the inventory that I can before uh, the new season kicks off. Uh, haven't gone back to Yakuza like a dragon yet. Um but probably something I might touch upon this weekend. Uh, And though this is not something I've been playing, it is an update that has come from the last couple of weeks that will be um, sort of being capped off uh, as of the the night of this recording, actually. And that is, I don't know if I told James or not, but as per 50% is because this is required by my job so I can actually, you know, play the game that I'm professionally working on. Uh, and also to get back into World of Warcraft, um, I've bought a gaming PC, or at least the parts for my brother to make me a gaming PC. Nice. And that construction, that build is happening tonight. So probably in the next week, I will be uh, part of the uh, master race of gamers. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, and even more so the master race because I'm uh, part of the horde uh, in World of Warcraft. So, uh, uh, right. anyways, all <laughs> all cringy jokes aside, very excited um, that I can actually you know participate in a key component of uh, what I'm doing professionally, which is very cool. Yeah. Uh, and then also, holy fucking shit, I'm gonna play World of Warcraft again. I'm so fucking excited. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, so yeah. Awesome. yeah, that's that's what I've been playing this week. That's partially what I'm uh, gonna be playing in the weeks to come. Nice. Uh, I'm going to be revisiting. Well, I don't know when, but I just bought the uh, the Batman Arkham trilogy for twenty bucks. All three games on oh, wow. on PlayStation. They're on sale. So that's a that's a big part of my early well early Xbox gaming, I guess. That nice. I'm looking forward to revisiting. Eventually, Wicked. but yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's about it for uh, everything we've been playing this week, and that's about it for this entire episode. Thank you so much for watching, or watching, listening. Uh, maybe you'll watch in the future. Who knows? Maybe this will be a video podcast one day. But sadly, uh, if you didn't already know, our last week's episode did get uh, crashed and corrupted because of a poor internet connection about three quarters of the way through. Uh, that was about that conversation was sort of pertaining to great narratives and storytelling in games. And we're definitely going to revisit that topic uh, in the future. Um, 
But yeah, apologies for missing uh, last week's episode because of that. Uh, but we're back up and running. And next week we have a very special episode that I won't get uh, too much into. I kind kind of, of, we've kind of sort alluded, of alluded to it, to it over before. The past, over the past um, weeks. But, uh, you know, there's a certain holiday, romantic holiday coming up. Uh, and you can uh, obviously relate that to uh, this show some way or another. And it's going to have something to do with that. So look forward to that episode next week. Uh, if you're wondering where you could find that episode in the future or this one that you're listening to right now, uh, you can find it on all major plaf- platforms, including Apple Podcasts, uh, Google, Spotify. Uh, you can find us on Twitter to give us feedback or content ideas at Logbook Podcast. Uh, you know, drop us whatever ideas you may have or tell us that we suck shit and we're terrible at podcasting. Honestly, um, any engagement would be great <laughs> at this point. Any engage- give us those metrics, baby. <laughs> um, and with that out of the way, I will say once again, thank you very much for listening and we will catch you next week. See ya. See ya.